So I don't know if I told you this. On Saturday, I played cricket for the first time in 10 years. No. And uh, I played amazingly. I bowled four overs and went for 32 runs, which is quite a lot. And then I got a three-ball duck when I was batting. <laughs> the good news is, though, somehow I was playing the second for the second team for my mate's team. I've been called up to the first this week for some reason. Don't ask Gee. me how. Uh, how bad are the seconds? I, in my defence, the pitch was terrible. Oh, now yeah. I, I'm like, I'm like, you're, you're used to a good pitches, aren't you? It's like, well, put it this way: I played cricket for like a good from seventeen to like twenty-four, and I haven't played on a pitch that bad in my life. I bowled, I bowled one one ball, which was my own fault, which was like half tracker, we call it, because I'm not very quick, but I'm not slow either. Yeah. And normally it would just bounce up, like not very nicely for the batsman, but it would at least get down there. I bowled a half tracker, it bounced about an inch off the ground and then rolled past the batsman. <laughs> and it was a no ball. And he called it a no ball, the umpire did. I just turned round. Bear in mind, like at this level, we don't have proper league umpires. We have it's the other team is umpiring. And I went to the umpire. How is that my fault? I went, how on earth is that my fault? I was fuming at him. But yeah, so didn't play too well. And uh got selected for the first this week somehow, miraculously. But there we go. What about you? What do you get up to? Uh not really. Got my van. Oh, you like Man. it? Yeah, I've been out a few times in it. Um, Have you stopped in it yet? No, I haven't slept in it yet. It's been too hot though, isn't it? Yeah. It's been ridiculously hot. Um, yeah, we've been, been at a few cool places, uh, like National Trust places and whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, not, not a lot really. I did a bit of overtime on the weekend, which when I told you, you almost I passed out. Believe. Couldn't believe that, honestly. <laughs> There's no way you're doing overtime. Did you do anything whilst at work? Yeah, yeah, loads. Oh yeah. I can't tell you what, obviously, because it's uh, confidentiality. But um, didn't stop, as you Good could lad. probably imagine. Good um, lad. Going back to the van, do you have a yeah. sense of entitlement now you've got it? Do you feel like do you feel like you can lord it above everyone else? Like you can go to the fridge and get out like a cold drink and things like that, doing. do you? Yeah, and the other thing is, um, it's quite amusing that, like, when you go past a Volkswagen transporter, they you stick your hand up. Yeah. yeah, 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 it's quite amusing, but uh, yeah, so uh, looking forward to going and stopping somewhere, um, but I don't know when that's gonna be, uh, because we're like absolutely rammed at the minute, but uh, yeah, so well, not, not we- a lot really. Well, we can make the trip up to Scotland for the North Fife Open if you want next week. That's weekend. what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Should we do it? Uh, a little impromptu <laughs> journey up there. Cost £5,000 in fuel. <laughs> uh, yeah, so being as though we ain't got much to talk about, should we start the show? Yeah, let's get on with it. Let's do it. Well, it's time for In the Chains, the UK based podcast for amateur disc golfers. Get ready for course reviews, disc reviews, and the latest news and updates from the disc golf world. Your hosts will also talk about their own progression and have a lot of fun along the way. And now, here they are, two Brits and one Yang. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of In The Chains. And on the tee box tonight with me, as always, we have Monsoir Thomas Bouin. Bonjourno. I was going to learn. I was thinking this when I was doing that overtime on Sunday. I thought, I'm going to learn another language and then like surprise you. And I might, uh, I might do that for next week. Well, I used Italian then. I only know Bonjourno and then... Veloce, which means speed up, and tranquilo, which means slow down, and then swear words. That's all I know. I was. What about something like Namaste, Thomas Bowen? Namaste. Is that uh, 
Nepalese? I think it's Nepalese, isn't it? I think so. What's the um, capital of Nepal? That's an easy one. Yeah, correct, correct. Are you good with your capitals? I'm all right with geography, yeah. Flags and capitals I'm all right with. I used to be class at flags. I'm crap at them now, but I'm good at uh, I'm good at capitals for you. Could you um, tell me the capital of Uruguay? Yeah, Montevideo. Very good. Very uh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, go on, I'll, I'll quiz you on one while we're doing while we're, before we start the show. Go on, um, then. Go, go on. Let then. me think of one. Uh, You're going to choose that. Malaysia, Kuala Lumpur. Uh, yeah. That's an easy one. Yeah. I got. I had Kay on that the other week and she didn't know it. I like the sort of ones that seem really easy but are in fact a little more tricky. So Canada, you'll know this. Ontario. Wrong. No, no it's... Um, I know what it is. Hang on. Wrong. Uh, You've already Ontario. said it. Not Toronto. Not Vancouver. You've already said it. You're wrong. It's an easy one. Ottawa. Ottawa, of course it is. I knew it was part of the French section. Capital of Australia. Canberra. Well done. Everyone says Sydney. Yeah, or Melbourne. Or Melbourne. Uh, I'm trying to think of other ones that are tricky, but I can't think of any. But there we go. There's geography lesson over. Yeah. So, um, now we've uh, done that little bit of chatting shit. Uh so with with the disc golf, have we we haven't spoken? Have we spoken since we played the Essex Open? Can't remember. Yeah, we spoke last week, did we? I couldn't remember yeah, what yeah. we did on that. Um, but have you, have you played any disc golf last week? I actually oh, have. Did? I, pl- I yeah. played last night. Yeah, I invited you. This is how I found out you doing overtime because you yeah. kept it quiet because you knew I'd ridicule you. And uh, why were you doing overtime? You a man down or something? Like it's not my normal job. It's helping out in another department, and I've literally got like three members of staff to cover a 24-hour, seven-days-a-week rotor. I'll have to hate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm I would want to do I'm, that, yeah. No, I'm, I'm doing next Friday and next Sunday as well. Oh, because oh, you yeah. have Fridays off, don't you? Yeah. Oh, they're paying you the big cheese. Yeah. Time and two-thirds, I think, or something like that. Got to pay to stock up that camper van, ain't you? Well, I'm paying for a stereo. I want, I want a stereo with Android Auto on. Um, Does it not just, have one? No, it's just a base stereo at the minute. That's what um, happens when you buy a cheap vandal. <laughs> so Mine I'm, comes uh, with it. So I've had a look, and I, I'm looking. I might get a wireless, wireless one that does Android Auto wirelessly. Oh, does that exist? Yeah. So how much uh, is that though? Four forty nine. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, not the end of the world. Get um, my brother so, to fit it. Yeah, probably. I'm, you I'm, know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have a go myself, but I think. I may need help. I may need help. I've never told you this yet, and it might put you off asking him, but he has a nickname between me and my mate Browning. God. And it is because his name's George. It's George, fix it, break it. So <laughs> he'll fix what you want fixing, but he'll break something else in the meantime. Like, <laughs> so he did it with my dashboard. My dashboard, he was using my car to go to work, like, because I had a company van at the time. Yeah. And on the motorway, the dash just lit up like a Christmas tree and the car lost power. Well, he found out that, like, a new dash, this is for a Ford Focus and 07 plate, God rest its soul, got to 219,000 miles. A new dash was, like, something outrageous, like 500 quid, and it wasn't worth that. So he took it apart and soldered it, got it working, but broke the Perspex case covering it. So I'd, all I used to do is stick it at 150 mile an hour and send people that. pictures of it, yeah? I remember that, yeah. And uh, just to wind them up. So that was that. He's just fixed my daughter. My daughter broke her iPad when we were on holiday. Cracked the screen. Ta- I yeah. don't know how. She took it out of the case, went to put it back in the case, and the screen cracked. So he found, he said that the screen and the digitizer are all in one, but he found a way, he's found a video where you can separate them and it's a bit of work and like without damaging the digitizer. So he did it. He wiped down the, the digitizer with alcohol uh, 
spray or whatever it is, yeah. like apparently you're meant to, and it's clouded the digitizer now. So although he's put the new <laughs> screen on, it's don't work. He's like, don't worry, I've messed it up. I'll sort it. He had my Makita radio. I'm, go- I'm going on here, but it this is why he's called Fix It, Break It. He kept bugging me because I had a Makita site radio that didn't have Bluetooth. And he's like, do you want Bluetooth on it? I put a Bluetooth receiver in it. He wired up this Bluetooth receiver, worked great for a week, and then it just killed the radio. I'd already, I'd learned my lesson by then. I'd already said to him, if this breaks, you'll buy me a new one. (laughs) So he had to buy me a new one. But then we had a row because mine was Makita Green and he bought me a white one. And I'm like, because it was £5 cheaper. I'm like, you don't buy me a white radio. I want Makita Green radio. Like, you've got to to consult me before you do these things. And he was like, it's a radio. It doesn't matter. I'm like, everything else in my Makita stuff is green. So you get me the same thing because white Makita is normally the cheap stuff. I can imagine him being quite heavy handed if he's anything to do with you. He's pretty, no, to be fair, he's pretty good. He's changed loads of phone screens. He's done my stereos. He's done everything like that, but he is pretty good. Like, he'd be all right. I'll, uh, but, I'll, have, a, I'll have a go at my own stereo first, I think. Then. <laughs> nah, he'd be sound, to be fair. Uh, so, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so I tried to save up for that, but um, that's, yeah, I don't know what else I was going to say. Uh, we haven't really got much to talk about then. How, how did you get on yesterday? Uh, I played Arrow Valley with a good friend and uh, I scored three over. Yeah. Which is on the full 18, which is okay. But I just, I had five birdies and like three of the birdies were on the back nine as well, which is a lot, a lot harder. Yeah. But I just killed myself with two double bogeys like that yeah. were completely avoidable. But yeah, it's just one then. But I, I was I'm sore from playing cricket. Like I forget I'm not a young kid anymore. He sprints around and dies around. But I still act like it, so I'm a bit sore still from it. So that was my excuse anyway. Uh, but yeah, it went did, all right. I, it was a nice. How did evening. Mark play? Because you played Mark Bedell, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, uh, he played well. He scored under. Can't remember what. He he's never happy. Thing with Mark is he's never happy with himself, even though he's a real solid player. Yeah, and scores well. He's never happy with how he scores. Like, but he's a good thrower. He can throw like I would say it's our thing, like because we sold him the bus. But he's got one bus that he can throw like hundred meters, and he threw a berg like eighty something meters as well, which I think is quite impressive. Oh, is he bag of berg now? Yeah, he he. I convinced him to get it from... Uh, he didn't buy it from us. Did he buy it? No, I think he bought it from Dell at Quarry Park. I kept pestering him, saying, get a Berg, get a Berg. And he's like, which one should I get? K3, 100%. And he got a K3 Berg, so he's he's bagging that like. Ah, everybody, he quite likes it. It, it, quite makes, likes me, it, it, it. makes me laugh with the Berg, because everybody's dead against it. Everybody's like, no, no way am I playing. No way am I getting a Berg. Nah, the shit. They're just a gimmick, blah, blah, blah. And then... All of a sudden, like somebody bags it, and it's like the best thing ever. Then he doesn't claim it's the best thing ever, but he likes he likes the fact that you can full power it. Like you yeah. can full power it, and it's not going to talk out or anything. Yeah, yeah. It is a it is quite a clever disc, and it is it is a bit of a. It seems like a gimmick, but it works, doesn't it? Is it Castaplast's best disc? I'm pausing because I'm thinking. Mm, the only things I'd bag a Castaplast now are Ricos. I don't think you can include a putting putter as a best disc, do you? No. And I'd bag a Berg and a Stal, and I really like the Stal. So it's it's a I, Firebird. I would, I would say you see like all these pros that go into like multi-bag and being sponsored by shops or something. And um, quite a lot of them are picking up Bergs. Eric Oakley did, didn't they? Yeah, where they don't pick up anything else from the no. class line. So, But then does that mean it's the best disc or does it mean it's the most like um, unique disc for like their need? Do you know what I mean? Well, that makes it the best disc, surely, doesn't it? 
it not, fills not, a gap, not really, but nothing not really, else. Because like, because I, 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 I think gap? I think the Cax is a really good disc. Um, but the Cax, for instance, is, there's a lot more competition for the Cax. So you could choose another brand if you're more familiar with it and stuff like that. Whereas the Berg, just because they bag it, I don't know whether that makes it the Castaplast best disc or the most unique disc that is unique across the whole spectrum of discs. Well, that surely makes that makes it a good disc. It makes it a good disc, but I don't know whether it makes it the best because there might be better discs in the lineup that has more competition across different brands. I don't, I don't know. I like the Lux for a bit. I think a lot of people like the Lux. Yeah, I'm not overly keen on it. I throw it a little bit, but I took it out of the bag. I'm, it's a bit too inconsistent with how much flip yeah. comes out of it or how much turn. Um, but you have got a lightweight one, haven't you? But it, it's relatively light. It's like 165 or something like that, I think. I've got a um, beefier one you can try if you want and have a look at that. Um. But uh, I, I I like the Berg and the Berg and the Cax are the only two at the Castleplast line that I bag. Um, but I haven't tried them all, so I, I don't. I haven't tried the Star. I haven't tried. Uh, I haven't really tried the Grim properly. I haven't tried the Rask. I haven't tried any of the other mid ranges other than the Cax. Sphere, no, you've tried a Sphere, haven't you? Oh, I did try a Sphere, yeah, uh, and I didn't, didn't mind. Like it. It, was just, it. it was just a bit. Too understable. No, it wasn't even that. It's just I just struggled to be able to get to grips with like the angle control and making sure that it didn't just turn over and just flop onto onto the right hand side. Um, so it's too flippy. Not necessarily because like I, I don't think you can necessarily get too flippy. I mean, as, as long as you release it on the right angle, you can get the shot shapes you want. Uh, but, but yeah. Um, so should we uh, move on to the, the news segment? Well, I was going to say, Go on. I may have, I Mark really liked the disc that I've been bagging a lot and throwing. A, I rely on it a hell of a lot. Let me let's see if I can guess. Yeah, the pyro. Yes. Yeah, I knew you'd say that. Did have you got one, or yeah, did I've you sell yours? No, I've got one. Do you throw it? No. Why not? I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's such a good I've, forehand. I've said, I've said before, I'm not a massive fan of like really stable discs. Uh, I prefer sort of straightish discs that I can manipulate with angles more so kind of thing. I, I don't know. Just The only time I'll ever really throw sort of reasonably overstable discs is in headwinds. If it's like flat, I'd rather have something... I don't know. I just, I'm just not a massive fan because I feel like I haven't got the power to properly throw an overstable disc without it just me tucking round to the left. Whereas, like I throw predominantly forehand now, as we all know, I don't, I don't throw that much backhand. I can sort of get the fl- a straight flight out, and this isn't me trying to be a big head. I just think it's easier forehanding. I can get a straight flight out the pyro, and then it. Hoises off at the end, yeah. So, I uh, I quite like oh, uh, most of my discs are overstable. We talked about this the other day, I can't remember whether it was on air or off air. I find, and I've been speaking to other people about it, I find overstable discs are more sort of forgiving, you know what they're going to do. Yeah, yeah, you, you, they're never going to flip over and and like, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, uh, but that that yeah, yeah, it, it, you are right, you are right, and that's why I quite I like something that's predictably flippy, like whereas opposed to like that's what I'm saying, like the surveyor and the lots. I couldn't necessarily judge when it was going to flip and when it wasn't. And like yeah. I felt, even though I felt like I was releasing it at the same angle and same sort of power and everything, it didn't do what I was anticipating it was going to do. Whereas the, um, whereas other discs that I bag, I tend to have a really good idea. Whether leopard it's just three, like the yeah, leopard three yeah. or something. It, fl- it turns over the like star plastic leopard three. I've got it turning over, but it's like a predictable turnover in the insanity. My favorite insanity, the green one. Like I know exactly what that's going to do. 
I know where it's going to flip, how it's going to flip, how much it's going to flip. And like, and it, it's such a useful disc then, but like, I just never really felt like I could trust the others. But it may, it may just be uh, lack of practice with that disc, or it may be that, um, like you say, it was a lightweight one or relatively lightweight one. So it becomes a bit flippier and, but uh, yeah, but I, I do like some of the plastic and I still think that Castaplast K1 plastic is some of the nicest feeling plastic. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what it's going to be like when it changes, fully changes over to latitude, but um, certainly like at the moment, I hope, I hope it doesn't change the plastic blend too much. Talking about plastic blend, um, we got the uh, Cloudbreakers in. So yeah. They'll have gone on sale yesterday. Or yeah, that's right. So they'll have gone on sale yesterday um, on interchangeshop.com. Uh, but they that's in a new special blend S line plastic. And um, and to be fair, Bern, like I, I know I hate this main and I slag them off, not for the products because I think the products are good, but like it's like the hype, the hype machine that I don't like, which I said before. But then we were talking to Sammy about it, were we? And he came across with some good points, didn't he? What, that, they, what was it? What was his point? That at least they're releasing discs to Europe, whereas Innova and Discraft, you don't really get a sniff at, do you? No, no. That was one um, of his points. But um, but I was just going to say, like holding these. Uh, well, you you've you've held them as well now, haven't you? Because I delivered them to you earlier. But, yeah. Um, the the cloud breakers, they feel really nice. I think the, they're the, nice, the aren't they? Yeah, it, it it does feel it does feel really good. Um. How many of them, them did you throw? <laughs> all of them. I've only thrown them all <laughs> once. Uh, no, I, I haven't actually thrown one yet. Um, I'm not sure whether I'm going to pick one up. Um, I might do. I wasn't. I definitely wasn't going to. But having felt them, um, I'm really tempted now to uh, to grab one and stick one in the, and stick one in the bag and see how I get on with it. What are you uh, going to use it for, though, Duff? Because it is a mega overstable high speed driver. Put put in probably. <laughs> it could replace um, that destroyer as your forehand. That's, that's, that's what I'm thinking, and like and for headwinds as well. Um, but I mean, I would, it's not going to be flippy, flippy. But I've heard, I think Sammy was saying that he thinks that this run might be flippier than uh, previous cloud breakers. Not loads, but I'm sure that's what he said. He'll probably correct me, he always does. So yeah. let's put, just just to let everybody know, Sammy who's on in the chains team uh, plays out of Croydon. Um, every time we say something on the podcast, once it, the show comes out on the Thursday, he sends us a big list of stuff that's correcting what we by said quarter wrong. to seven <laughs> as well in the morning. I'm what, just what, leaving what, for work. <laughs> what we've said wrong, uh, what we should have said, and. Uh, <laughs> But um, it always makes us laugh anyway when he does that. It's, it's funny in the group chat because we might make a joke and say, ah, oh, I don't know. Austin Hannum's going to win this event this weekend. Oh. And Sammy will come back with 15 reasons why he won't do, won't he? <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so rather than rumbling on, let's, let's do head over to the news then now. So the news is obviously, as always, sponsored by Upper Park. Since 2011, Upper Park Disc Golf has focused on disc golf bags and accessories with unique styles, innovative designs, and unmatched comfort. They use cutting-edge design techniques and durable outdoor materials with a lifetime guarantee, so you can focus on what really matters, keeping it in the chains. Whether you're a Bowen or a seasoned pro, Upper Park has the bag to fit your needs. Go to upperparkdiscgolf.com today and save 10% with our code INTHECHAINS10. Now back to the show. Perfect. Over to Bowen's Fake News. So, right, the big news. We had Ledgestone at the weekend, didn't we? Yeah. Now, I've been reading into I'd like to delve a little bit into the tournament director at some point because I don't think many people like him, to be honest, but I'll save that for another show. We'll have some controversial reporting. So I'll have a look into that. I love love the controversial reporting. We're going to become like Vice News here, aren't we, Duffy? No. Which you you absolutely hate, don't you? (laughs) But I think we're all glad to see 
Richard Wysocki coming back with the win at probably the biggest, one of the biggest events of the year. And he absolutely battered the rest of the field, didn't he? Yeah, played really well. He looked, he looked back to his old ways. He Did he? Confident. Yeah, he looked confident. He looked, uh, he looked good, I thought. So, yeah, so that's, that's good. Uh, he won with a score of 26 under and he beat Paul Macbeth at 22 under with Gannon Burr in third at 21 under. Now, it's, it's interesting. I don't know if you've been... I'm going to go a little bit off topic. But I don't know if you've, you're smiling so you know exactly what I'm talking I about. Gonna, I know what you're going to say. What am I going to talk about? What, what, what can we call it? It's got to have like a name. There is um, a name for it that people have been throwing around. What the is it? The beef. The beef. Why the beef? What, the Paul Macbeth versus Brody? Yeah, but why, why, is it, why is it called the beef? I don't know. Just I was, I'm on a Brody collector's page and everyone's been called... Brody didn't ask me anything. Shouldn't, shouldn't it be the McBeef? That'd be good, the McBeef, wouldn't it? We'll, we'll call it the McBeef. Yeah, so Brody and Paul fell out previously, but it's come to light this week because of Nico's ban. Whilst we're on it, this is news, isn't it? This is newsworthy. So yeah. Nico got a nine-month ban, didn't he? Yeah. And Paul Macbeth was saying it's unfair on him. I think it's like, and every a lot of people have been saying, oh, it's too much, he's a professional, he can't earn his money. If I squared up to my boss, what's going to happen to me, Doff? He gets sacked. Exactly. So he's got a fairly fortunately that he's got nine that he's got a nine month ban, hasn't he? Yeah. Do you think? I mean, yes and no. I I personally feel, and in, in to a certain extent, if it is if they have taken this approach, PDGA, that it is a bit unjustified. But I kind of feel that he's got away with lots of other stuff that they haven't been able to na- pin him down and nail him on. They've been waiting for this moment. And they've been waiting for something like this to happen to make a bit make a bit of a point of it. You know what I mean? Because it's like other stuff that's happened, it's been like borderline, like just been a knobhead that they can't really um, hit, punish him on or anything. But like this has come and it's like, right, well, we can we can prove a point now that we're going to... Do you know what I mean? Why is, plus, it, why is it... Plus, if this was an isolated event, why is it unfair? Plus... You look, you look at when stuff like this has happened in the past. So, like, um, in football, we had uh, Paolo Di Canio when he pushed the ref over. He got banned Remember for that? a year, didn't he? Yeah, he got banned for a long time. And it's 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 along the same sort of lines, isn't it? It's like what they don't want to do is just give a, a one-month ban and then next time this happens people and people are frustrated, they think, oh, fuck it, it's only a one-month ban, I'll say what I fucking want. Do you know what I mean? So That's why, what they don't why is it why is it unfair on him then, Duff? Um, I don't know. I just feel it is it is a long time, but I can see I can see the justification from the PDGA's point of view of they don't they want to make a point to not let this happen again or let people think that they can get away with it again because it's it's not good, is it? I mean, the 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 referee. Um, is is doing is applying the rules effectively, isn't he? Yeah. Um, you may say, yeah, unjustifiable because other people take just as long. Or, it's been or an whatever. issue for months with it's Nico. Been it's from, well, it's been known. an issue for months, uh, and I feel like is I don't know. I feel like there's no need to speak to people like that just in in general. Um, but you what know would, what it's like. What would you if, have... if, Exactly, this is what I'm going to say. If you, if, if you felt you were being treated unjustly, like, fair enough, Nico takes a long time. Everybody knows that, it's well known. But if you felt you were being tra- treated unfairly, you, you would try and stick up for yourself and say, no, but then there's ways there's ways and means of going about it, isn't there? There's so disagreeing and... and and speaking to the PDGA afterwards and like saying that I don't feel as if I'm being treated fairly. And then there's swearing up to the official, which is clearly not right. I mean, it's a very good example, is it? If someone squared up to me on the street, I don't think I'd, 
I, I would probably punch them before they punched me. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. how, like, the restraint that the official had, like, I'd at least tell them to jog on in less polite terms. Yeah, but you, 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 okay, then I'll turn it back to football again. You look at football, they're always in the rest face. Yeah, but that's because it's been allowed to be. It's that's exactly. a whole. So, so does that make, whole... yeah, but does that make the nine month ban justifiable because it stops the downward spiral of, of that happening? Because I mean, that's one, that's one thing I hate in football is like constantly in the rest face all the time. You think, just let him make the decisions. He's not. He's only human. He's gonna get stuff wrong, um, and it's it's the same with that. And it kind of you kind of feel that that you can see why the PDJ would be so harsh. It's because they don't want this to happen every week. When why is it unfair on Nico then? Um, I don't think it is. I think I, I just think you, you said it was. Did I? You sort I don't know, you sort of said it, you sort of aimed as if there was a little bit of sympathy. Um no, no that that's all I've got to say really on it. Um but I mean as as you know, I'm not I'm not his biggest fan anyway, but I just think he could have handled it better and I just I don't really like I still think he's it's sort of a bit of siege mentality, it's me against the world. Because like in his apologies after they felt like half hearted, like oh Yeah. I've got I to, to do I've it. got to yeah. apologise. I don't really mean it. I still think they're being an arsehole to me and that I was unfairly treated. Uh, and I think it was just empty sort of apologies. But um, eh, whatever. It's gives us nine months off from here anyway, doesn't it? So <laughs> um, anyway, the McBeef. What about the McBeef? So the McBeef. That, that's like a shit sandwich, that isn't it? Because it's like. It's basically saying, who do I want to win out of Man United and Chelsea or Man United and Everton? Exactly. Like, For you, yeah. Neither, neither of them could dislike both of them. But who are you siding with on this? Because uh, let, let, let's explain it. So go on. Paul came explain out. It for and, people who haven't seen it, uh, haven't read about it. Paul sort of came out and didn't defend Nico, but said it's harsh on him and he doesn't deserve the nine month ban. And Brody just turned around and sort of said, I don't agree with Paul. This is on Twitter that Brody said this, and someone put, "Why haven't you tagged him in it?" And he put, "Ah, oh, he's blocked me." So something has already. No, gone I on. thought I thought Brody had blocked him. Uh, I thought it was because Paul had blocked Brody. This is well, where this is where what, we're going to have some check. One, one or the other has blocked. Let's have a quick look. Yeah, Paul, Paul said he has blocked me, but I hope he. I hope he stays. I like the fact that he has to throw this with my name on it. Okay, so yeah, so there we go. So Brody's blocked Paul. Yeah, is that what you're saying? So yeah, okay. because then then Brody said in another one, uh, just saw the screenshot. Got to say, it's a pretty pretty bad tape, Paul. Uh, and then somebody's put, why call Paul McBeth out and not tag him in? Don't you like debates? And he put, he's blocked. Ah, there we go. So something's gone which, on there. Which in itself, no matter what happens, why would you block somebody on Twitter? <laughs> it makes no yeah, sense. Like, exactly. Just think, just grow up, man. It, I just don't get it. So get they've it. had a falling out. Now, the rumours are swirling. Apparently, it's to do with foundation disc golf. And... Paul was signed up, part of the company, everything, and now he's moved away from it. But no one knows. Brody didn't ask me anything on the Brody Collector's page. So people obviously asking about it, and he's like, and he wouldn't answer it. So it wasn't really an ask me anything. It was uh, all will become clear. I've just seen a tweet off Brody now that's apologising for getting wrapped up in all the high school drama. And... Uh, one funny thing that I did say, I did see is someone said, "Do you like any of Paul's discs?" And Brody said, "Yeah, the Corgis love the Lunas." So I thought that was quite funny. But yeah, the, so that's all kicking off. The other thing is um, the well, the interesting side to the the argument, if they have fell out, is how Discraft handle it because 
obviously Paul signed up is just started a 10 year uh, sponsorship agreement, which is they paid a hell of a lot of money for. And it's going to be, um, and obviously he's like, they're almost up there. Their signature player, isn't he? Um, in disc golf. Yeah. In disc golf. And then you've got from the other point of view, Brody's obviously always thrown ultra stars and he's always had Discraft sponsorships because of playing ultimate for so long. And he's, he's always been in and around Discraft. And now all of a sudden, um, both of them <laughs> are a bit at a, a dislike of each other. And it's like, well, how do Discraft handle it? How do they, uh, how do they handle the argument? Like they can't obviously pick a side because they don't want to upset one or the other. And I, I imagine both of them bring in quite a lot of money for their for their products. Yeah. So, so it's, 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 it's an awkward like, one for them, isn't it? It's two massive egos, though, isn't it? Basically, it's two that, that, massive that's egos. what it boils down to, doesn't it? I think whatever whatever's happened, the actual real pro- problem is, or the real issue is, the fact that there's two massive egos, and and. It was inevitable, really, wasn't it? Let's face it, that that, that was going to happen because they're both knobheads. What and... is it? And uh, something forced versus an immovable object. What's the saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I know what you but mean. Pick but... a side. Yeah. Um, pick a side, Duff. I have to pick a side. Yeah, you have to pick a side. <sighs> Uh, or the camper van's taken away from you tomorrow. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> that well, fridge feel, is gone. I feel Paul's take on the Nico thing is a bit shit, so I agree with Brody there. However, yeah. Brody blocking Paul on Twitter is like something that a six-year-old would do. Um, so... I'm going to have to go, and I can't believe I'm saying this, I'm going to have to be on Team Macbeth, Purely for oh. the fact of Brody blocking Paul on Twitter. It's just pathetic. I'm team Brody, I am, because I think Paul's just a... He, he think... reminds me of a sulky teenager. Yeah, that's what it's like. That is what it's like, 100%. Um, but I just think you block somebody on Twitter, you think, just an idiot. I get the impression that Brody's a little, a, he's a little bit emotional. That's the impression yeah. I get. So I can let him off that because we can all be a bit emotional sometimes, can't we? Yeah. Anyway, enough talk about them too, anyway. Yeah, you've had enough of that, haven't you? The McBeef. So, so the FPOs at Ledgestone. Should it be McBeef or should it be McChicken? Um, yeah, you're so, not it, yeah, the, <laughs> the FPO, the FPOs at Ledgestone. Missy Gannon raced away with it, yeah. nineteen under. But our girl Own Scoggins came in second at thirteen under, and then we had Lisa for just for 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 Jukus. How do you say it? For Jukus. Yeah, we know you're on about. And Chris, Kristen Tatar tied in third. Oh, with Paige as well. So Kristen up there, back back over here after us, back over in the US after a spot of illness and injury, doing really well. Yeah. So that, good to, that good was good. Uh, also, big shout out to our other girl, Vanessa Van Dyken. She beat, uh, she came in 34, joint 34th, which... I don't think she'll be. I don't think she'll be happy with. But she did beat some big names. She beat Kona, and she beat Natalie Ryan as well. So it's a tough course, Ledgestone is, isn't it? Yeah. So is it? Is that Eureka? Is it Eureka? And there's Eureka, the other. Eureka, yeah. There's the other one as well, isn't there? What's the other? What's the other course there called? Uh, you testing me, Bone. Um... Some Darkwood. Is it Darkwood? Possibly. I know it's a very hard course. There's some yeah. very hard courses there. So I do, well I do like the Ledgestone tournament. And like they I know you said we're gonna have some in-depth reporting on the uh, the organizer, but um you see that they give like it's like hundred and twenty five grand to charity or something like that. Yeah, that's what I want to look at though. Oh, okay. I've been hearing rumours. Oh, okay. In- investigate it, Bowen. 
I don't chief, want to, chief investigating officer. I don't want to say anything that's going to get us. Just all you have to say, we've said it before. Just say allegedly beforehand. Allegedly, some of that money goes to a religious organisation that tries to convert gay people back to straight. That's oh. what I've been looking into today. So, is it such a holy cause? I don't think so. Ah, oh, that's allegedly, and I could be, I could be misreading something that someone said on Reddit, and I, it's I would not guess, right. I would guess, just on past experiences, that there's a good chance you could be wrong. But get onto it. Find I will out get everybody. onto it. That's allegedly. I don't want to get the podcast into trouble. Don't want to get. But this is purely the views of Thomas Bowen. No one else. <laughs> Does that cover it? Yep. There we go. So I'll look into it, and if I'm wrong, I'll dish out an apology next week. Okay, the Essex Open, uh, not the Essex Open, the in- the English Open. At Essex, that was the pro event this week, the week after the Essex Open, and we had. Who do you think won? Duffy in uh, the MPO. Oh, was Joe O'Brien in it? Yes. Yeah, Joe O'Brien then. Joe O'Brien won by seven yeah. shots to Matt Parslow, who's just picked up a pro discus sponsorship. Yep. So well done to him. And then Simon Luard came in third. Uh, Joe, so, hang on. So, so Matt Parslow, did he finish? He finished second back to back weeks, then didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, that's, so he's done all right there. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. done all right. Um, it's nothing against Matt. He was an ultimate player. He's literally only just converted the last couple of years, and it makes you sick. But Joe is just unstoppable, isn't he? Yeah. He, yeah, he's the best player he's, in the UK. I don't care yeah, what people or, or say. Not, I think that can be argued against. Um, yeah, it's just it'd just be nice to see him. I know he went over and played uh, played this year in some in one of the European events, but it'd just be nice to see um, see him get out more into Europe and compete against players who are better than him at the moment, and seeing if see if he can raise his game and uh, get to the point of like. Challenging, do you know what I mean? Challenging the top yeah, players. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I know what you mean, exactly. That, that that would be pretty good, wouldn't it? To have somebody on on either the European tour or even the American tour that um, that you can uh, that you can get behind. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It would be good. Uh, MP40 was won by Paul Cooper with Paul Studart in joint second with Craig Pettit. And uh, MA1 was uh, won by... And this... I I hate these names. Matthew Van Schakel... Schalkwick? With Christopher Brown and Scott Ricard in second and third. Uh, Sammy came just off the podium in fourth. Uh, MA2 was won by the legend himself, Jack Smith. With uh, Ty Walker in second and Dennis in third. So uh Ty did well then because he I think he played the week before and he uh because I was saying I think I was saying to you last year he he was in the finals or thereabouts and um it was like um it, it, I don't think he would have had the tournament that he would have hoped for um this this year but uh in in, in the Essex Open but uh, it's good to see him have a good finish in the uh, in the English Open yeah, exactly. It is, yeah. So, well done, Ty. Uh, my final bits of news. We have, I've already mentioned it in the pre-start start of the show, the North Fife Open, which is the 20th of uh, 20th and 21st of August. And that is spread across two courses. That is spread across uh, St Andrews on the first day 
where you play three rounds. And then the sun, it is three rounds of 13 holes. And then the Sunday is, it's, I'm really sorry, all the Scottish people, when I say who are listening, when I say all the Scottish people, I mean you, Pete. Dramoig <laughs> Golf Centre, where they're playing three rounds of 13 holes as well. So if you're looking for something to do, get up to Scotland, get involved. And then finally, we have the announced UK Women's Disc Golf Championships uh, brought to us by the UK Women's Disc Golf Association. And that is on the 17th of September. And it is at Quarry Park. So there's uh, free camping for any UK WDGA member. And if you... uh, if you're not a member, it's going to be £3 a night. So I'm guessing, it doesn't say on the post, I'm guessing it's a two-day event. But uh, there we go. So, yeah, that's pretty much the news wrapped up, Doc. Awesome. Well done, mate. Um, Okie doke. So, should we move on to uh, my topic? Well, I was going to say, we haven't really addressed the elephant in the room yet, have we? What's the elephant in the room? Or have we? I can't remember. Where is one certain obnoxious yank? Ah, yes, you're quite right. Um, so, well, I think we spoke about it the last couple of weeks that Josh was heading over to Croatia with Team GB uh, to compete in the Team Worlds uh, World Championships. Uh, so that's where he is tonight. He, the plan was initially, he took his laptop and stuff, uh, and was going to come on to the show and um, he was out for a meal and I said look Josh just bloody enjoy yourself man you he'd had to too like... many beers and he came on yeah. to, for a test run and he was hammered wasn't he it's not really it's not really it's not really good considering you're you're on the you're a pro you're playing at team worlds and you're getting absolutely hammered is it it's not a good thing is it Doc? no no but um, that, that's what he's like, though, Josh. That's what he's like, though, Bone. Sorry. Yeah, I'm quite disappointed in him, to be honest. <laughs> no, but uh, obviously we wish him and the rest of Team GB all the best. And uh, I think they they did pretty well last year, didn't they? So hopefully they can. Uh, that was Europeans, put... though, wasn't it? Oh, was, was it Europeans? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, put it this way: but... if you don't come back with the win, don't bother fucking coming back, people. That's all I'm going to say. What into the country it. or Josh? Josh, in particular, back onto the show. All of them into the country. I was going to say, because we, we don't want to give Josh an out into the show. Exactly. You've He's not the only, only that holds it together. I mean, look at the show tonight. No, it's been sound. You not only it? let yourselves, let us down, you let yourselves down. That's what I'm going to say to them if they don't win. And yeah. it's, coming from the, it's coming from the hardest man in UK, disc golf, isn't it? Yeah, so. yeah it is. That's quite right. Right, so yeah. Doke. Let's so, get on uh, to yeah, topic. So, so that's where Josh is. Um, I haven't got a topic. I haven't got well, a topic. Think, what, what I would like to speak about, do you see uh, Shmael Schman from Shmam Shahid? Um, they, uh, he put oh, a post on oh. a bit of a controversial... Well, it wasn't controversial to begin with, but it turned into a bit of a controversial post. And it's on your favourite topic. Um, if I, I'm going to quote Jose Mourinho here. <laughs> If I speak, I'm in big trouble. Uh, All I'm going to say is... I think it's just... Uh, it, there's just so many different opinions, isn't there? Like, sit, sitting on the fence, there is a lot of different opinions. I think in hindsight, which is a wonderful thing, some of the ideas haven't worked this year. But, I mean, I don't... The, the aim that uh, the BGA attempted was to... Uh, to 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 make things better, they're not going to do something that's going to be uh bad for the sport. Det- detrimental. Detrimental. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, detrimental to the sport. But however, some things haven't worked, and I think as as long as those lessons are learned and next year those are eradicated, such as just basically having pro events that nobody plays in. Um, I think. That needs to be reassessed. But other than that, like like I said, that they're, they're not 
they've they've done what they think is best for the sport, and some things have worked, some things haven't. So uh, I think just going forward, um, learn from the mistakes, and um, and hopefully, I, I know we say it all the time, but people like yourself, Bowen, who moan, like uh, speak up at the AGM or speak up at um, like put yourself, people put themselves forward, I suppose, and uh, like. Because there's a lot of good people doing a lot of good things in uh, in disc golf uh, in the UK that aren't necessarily to do with the BDGA, and I think like like having help from them, like like John did, John uh, John Hood, who's part of the In the James family, he um he's been helping uh, with some of the financial stuff to try and get the sport England recognition. Um, I think I can talk about this, but they're, they're trying to, to make <laughs> it's it... It's too late now. <laughs> to make it a recognised governing body of Sport England. And but what that does is it then allows uh, non-profit organisations and things to um, to register uh, and get sort of grants and, and money from Sport England, uh, effectively, I believe. Um so, so getting all that the books in order and getting uh, getting stuff going in that in that uh, respect, I think is quite promising, and uh, I think that's a really good way to to grow the sport. But like I say, John John's sort of really kindly volunteered to uh, to help out and and, uh, and do bits and bobs that with skills that he 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 has, uh, and I think I think more people that can do that, the, the better it will be. So, um, but yeah, it'd, be, it'd certainly be interesting. It would be. I mean, whether you've burnt the bridges, Bo, and I don't know, but it'd be quite nice to have uh, somebody on from the BDJ once, once sort of something's been established for next season, um, to have them on and, and have a chat about what what the plans are going forward. That would that would be pretty good. But like I say, hopefully we haven't. You, well, I say we. You haven't burnt our bridges. Um, right, 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 right. How many splinters do you have? I'm. I'm just. I'm. I said I'm playing devil's advocate. You said your bit. Let me say my bit. I have nothing, not nothing. Who am I? Nothing against any of the mem- any of the people in the BDGA. I mean, we just had a great weekend with Gareth. He's part of the BDGA. I get on really well with Study. I always say hello. Always say how's it going. What you're up to? Blah blah blah. When I see him, I have nothing against the people. I knew. And I'm not going to say hindsight's 2020 because I said this at the start and people are chiming in now after it's too late. I said this at the start that this wasn't going to work. I could just see, and I'm relatively new to disc golf, I could just see that, like... And a moron. They're sort of scaring off a lot of the main main body of UK disc golf. They're sort of not alienating them, but they're making them feel not as worthy as others now if you're if we if we were just if we we run a business if we just decided to go after the select 10 percent of uk disco we wouldn't have a business would we and i'm not saying the bdga is business but it just seems that like and i get that professionals are the prestige they're the ones who've worked hard to get there. They should have perhaps some perks over us amateurs, but you equally have to keep your main core happy. I'd be interested to know how many members of the BDGA there were this year compared to last year and maybe next year as well, because I dare say it's put a few people off from becoming BDGA members because a lot of them have nothing to aim for. Now, I've thought... I've been thinking about this. I've thought of a fairly easy way to sort of do this like next year, have it back to 2021 where everyone, pros, amateurs at the same tournaments, age protected at the same tournaments, just say for each tournament, we are allocating so many percent for this, so many, so many percent for pros, so many percent for age protected, so many percent for women, so many percent for children. Until and then you let, let's say the rest is, let's say twenty five percent are allocated to them. The seventy five percent is for all the amateurs that want to sign up. 
if the other divisions don't sign up, you then allocate it a month, two months before the event back to the amateurs to refill up. That way, everyone's happy. You've given the pros a chance to sign up. There's going to be more money for them because the tournament's full. There's going to be more prize money and everyone's getting fair representation. That's my sort of point. That's all I'm at. We're not asking. I felt at the start of the year, what I was saying wasn't asking for too much. I was asking for fair representation at championships. Now, I don't know what championships are going to be like this year. They're in the middle of nowhere. I imagine not many people are going to sign up. It's not now. I'm not saying that the venue is a bad venue. It's a great venue, but it's going to put a hell of a lot of people off traveling all the way down South for that. I'm interested into how many people are going to actually sign up for it. And yeah. if it's going to be the same debacle as last year, that every at the end of the stage, at the end, like a week before the event, they're begging every man and his dog to sign up basically. Now they could have, eradicated that by just saying, right, have your divisions, you can still win. And the, the argument's going around, well, why should a shit person be allowed to win a shit division? But like every sport I played in the, I played second team cricket at the weekend in the Cotswold Hills Division 4. Now, does that mean that the team that wins that league, does that mean they've, does that like, no, no, They've won the league. Like, what, like, what's the point? Yeah. And like, if, it, if, if if I kind of like if what you're kind of saying is, well, if if that's the case, then why bother having divisions at all? Yeah, exactly. Why does everyone why, just why, play why, pro? Why does the PDGA bother to have MA four, MA three, MA two, blah blah blah? Uh, and, and why do I even have FA, amateur and FA, pro? FA three. Why, why why bother? Why not? Why just, not just why, everyone's yeah. in a pro division? If it's going to be like that, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, or like, like I say, it'd be, it will definitely be interesting to see what happens next year. And I think hopefully, um, hopefully, lessons that have been learned, and um, and we can get. Uh, we can Here's get... a point, Duff. <laughs> Here's on. a point. Is it better to have it combined and every event be oversubscribed than? A lot of these tournament directors are doing this. They a lot of them do it for in their own time for no profit and just to grow the sport. Or is it better to have three separate tours and only the amateur because it's only the amateur events that sell out? So the tournament directors are wasting all this time. And I feel sorry for Jack Brew because he put on the event, uh, the English Open. There were no females there. There were no other. There were twenty six blokes there. Now that's not a fair talk. That's I know there were some high caliber players there, but how's that fair on him running a tournament? It's not going, and it's not. I'm sure the tournament was great, but he can't offer what he wants to offer. He yeah. can't pay out what he wants to pay out. Now, what would the be? What what would the people prefer? The fact, and I know everyone says, "Ah, oh, it's fastest finger," but that's what everything is in life. You've got to be dedicated to sign up for it. Oh, I'd okay. rather, I'd rather playing, every playing event devil, be playing, over, playing over again. No, no, let me just finish this. I'd rather oh. every event be oversubscribed, and oh, I didn't get in. Then half the events go undersubscribed. Okay, playing devil's advocate again. I mean, we, like I say, we've we've gone over this numerous times now, and until we see what's going to be happening next year. Um, I don't feel really think there's much else left to say on on the matter, but the uh, it it has been nicer this year, in my opinion, not having to book tournaments like within seconds of them being released uh, and feeling a bit more relaxed about it. Perhaps being able to speak to the missus and see if I can. Or oh, do you mind having the kids this weekend? Or do you can can. Can I yes. play this tournament or, or whatever the case, like sorting out with work or whatever it, it, the case may be? But it has been nice to not have to feel that, right, I've got to book this within like a minute or two of it bloody going online. Uh, otherwise, I'm not going to get a space for a tournament in seven months' time. It, it like, 
I, I didn't like that last year, but that was the first year I properly played tournaments and I didn't know the difference. I didn't know any different. That's how, as far as I was concerned, that's how it's always been. But this year it has been nicer knowing that. Um, you can pick and choose. Yeah, I can pick and choose. I haven't got to decide right here, right now. Um, but then and, you can uh, see how it's soul destroying for tournament directors who are spending yeah, a lot of their yeah, personal absolutely. time. No, I can. And not getting a yeah. turnout. Hundred um, percent. But like I say, that's that's. I think the BDGA aren't idiots. They know they can see that that hasn't worked as well as what they would have liked it to have worked. How it would work. So that's why I say you've just got to see what what gets what gets done next year. What needs what needs happening is like. I was standing on a very remote island at the start of the season. It had already been announced. We couldn't cha- we couldn't change anything by then, but I was standing remote on a very remote island on my own. It needs more people to have a voice. That's what it needs. More people to stand up and say, no, that's not... We don't think that's going to work. What can we do? And it just yeah, needs... But, but that, that's what the AGM's for, though, isn't it? I don't. I don't agree with because like on on that chat thread that started us talking about this. There was people saying, "Oh, Facebook isn't the right place to talk," and I I don't agree with that. I think people are quite entitled to voice their opinion. Uh, you can't just say, "Right, you can only voice your opinion once a year at the AGM." Yes, stuff isn't going to be actioned from a comment section on a face on a Facebook group. However, it's it's a good. A place to share ideas and what could be done, what could be done, what what might not be the best practice, and then uh, and then you can stuff like that can then be read and and sort of thought about prior to AG, like the AGM and and give people an idea on what to bring. Do you see what I mean? Like, there's no reason what? why you can't talk about that. Then they had these focus groups, didn't they? I wasn't yeah, invited we, to what I, I was invited, but unfortunately, I couldn't attend either either of the uh, either of the the days uh otherwise I, I definitely would have um jumped onto that but uh how but then again i'm not a bdj member so that's why i wasn't invited i suppose isn't it yeah i, I was last year yeah so but yeah, surely that's probably why i'm the i haven't got a horse in the race so i'm going to think of it from a logical perspective aren't i i don't if i'm not a member of the bdj yeah i've got a horse have, in the should, race why should you ever say on an organization that you're not a part of well, I might want to become a part of, but yeah, well, I'm not jo- going to join, join and then voice your voice your opinion. But you can't, I'm not you going can't, to. I'm not going like, to join. Like, yeah, but, no, no, but that's like you saying. Well, I don't agree with the strategy that McDonald's take, are having. Um, I might want to buy shares in McDonald's, but I'm not going to because I don't agree with what they're doing. Well, that's of course you, that's you, it, that's exactly what it is because no, you don't. You, you I'm never going to join the BG- McDonald's. What their strategy is going to be. You've got I'm to, never going to join. I'm never going to join the BDGA. Then you'd have a you'd have a say. I'm never going to join the BDGA because it doesn't do anything for me. That's what no, I'm you're saying. Talk, you're talking bollocks. No, you you're know. talking bollocks. You're right. talking bollocks. We're di- we're digressing. Let's um. We're going to end just... this on an angry note, or we're going to have a hug before we go. We'll always have a hug before we go. Okay, me and you've never right fell out. I don't think have we? I don't think we have, have we? No, no. We tell uh, each other to fuck off all the time. <laughs> Okie doke. Uh, so, um, I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, as always, just go over a bit of shop stuff. Um, like I said, we, we released the Cloud Breakers on uh, Wednesday this week. So, they're, they're on the, live on the site now. If they're not um, already sold out. If they're not already sold out. Uh, we've got some really nice sort of swirly ones. And that, like I said earlier in the show, the plastic feel, does feel great, to be fair. Um, I like this. Do you like the stamp? Yeah, I do. It's better. It's certainly better than the Claybreaker Three stamp. That looked like <laughs> I couldn't even make out what it was when I saw it, it the first it time. Look, I tell you what it looked like. Yeah, it looked like some of our Instagram graphic design stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the um yeah we we released uh, we didn't have loads but we released the Castaplast uh, first run golds on Monday and, and they've already sold out uh, but um so congratulations to whoever's brought those 
Um, and uh, but they they look they look good, and I, the numbers certainly look good on them. And uh, I, I was reading earlier that somebody one of the reviews said that it's, it feels like a wraith that's pretty dependable, and um, you get a little bit of turn out of it, predictable fade, and um, and it'll be decent decent in windy conditions. So I think that's a really welcomed addition to the the Castaplast lineup. Um, We're probably due to do a Castaplast order sometime soon, aren't we? I think. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be nice to get some some like stock run golds. Uh, yeah, and uh, and let people have a have a bash at them because I, I think it'd probably be a good disc. I'd I'd think about having to go with one anyway. Um, you sure but, you uh, man enough to handle it? Well, we'll see. Uh, so um, yeah, so we got we got that, uh, and then I'm not sure we've got anything else coming immediately, um, but. Uh, should be uh should be good anyway um so yeah so get get yourself onto in the change shop if there is um some cloud breakers still available so we've, we've got some real class looking ones and um other than that have you got anything else to say burn uh we're always looking for things that people want stock run discs let us know what you're looking for because it's quite hard at the moment to get hold of special edition ones at a decent price, but like well, it's it's because because we make sorry to interject, but because we make so little profit um on on the special edition stuff that like the inner certainly like the inner stuff it's costing us sort of twenty six fifty twenty seven quid just to actually get the disc into our hands. So by the time we're selling them for like twenty eight quid and making like a quid profit or something ridiculous like that, uh, it's just not it's not viable for us to take the risk because if we don't sell them then we're lumbered with discs that are quite expensive um so it's, it's really difficult for us to get um because it's predominantly because of the uh the conversion rate, rate yeah. yeah the exchange rate at the minute it's just it's really not viable and it, it does pain us because that's what we like to pride ourselves on but at the moment just because of how much we would have to sell them for um it's just, it's just not possible it's just not possible. So unless something really, really nice comes up that we feel that we can we can still sell and make a little bit of profit on, then there's no we just can't it's not viable for us to do it, unfortunately. Um but uh yeah, like Bowen said, if any any stock discs that you're looking for, uh drop us a message uh and then when we put orders in we can try and keep an eye out for those particular ones and even stuff that you haven't seen for a while, like we had on the last end of a run, we had like Star Thunderbirds and stuff like that, which I haven't seen in the UK for quite a long time. Um, and I think um, they sold out straight away, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they sold out within like about ten minutes of going on. Uh, and um, but yeah, let, let us know what you're after, and we can uh, we can certainly keep an eye out. Can't promise anything, but we can we can certainly do our best. We uh, have a, we have quite a few contacts now, don't we, Duff, in the yeah. wholesale scene? So yeah. You name it, you can pretty much get it. Right. Uh, Excellent. So let's leave it there then. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Hopefully Josh will be back with his gold medal or he's not going to be back at all. Um, So we'll catch you next week. And remember to keep it in chains. Keep it in chains. I'm going to be standing at the board of Josh for you if you don't win. Thanks for listening to In The Chains. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you like the show, please leave us a review. Make sure to check out our YouTube channel to view our round videos and course fly-throughs. And hit subscribe there too. Until next time, keep it in the chains.